Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Well, good morning, everyone. We're so glad to be back in the Lord's house and so glad to see each one that's here this morning and glad that you're listening on Facebook and YouTube and we just praise the Lord for his love. And as we, before we get started... Aren't you glad that he helps us walk in prayer through the eye of the storm because holy is the Lord. Thank you for those three songs. Man, those are great and we're grateful for that. But if we're glad to be here this morning and if you're listening on Facebook and YouTube, we ask that you turn to Matthew chapter 21. We'll be reading verses 28 through 32. And we want to bring a message this morning. Who will go and work for me today? And as we look at that, it starts out, but what think you? Jesus Christ is here going to give a lesson to some of those who are listening to him, especially those who think they are in authority. The scribes and the priests. Uh, and the elders of the people. But they do not know or did not recognize then that Jesus is the authority. He is the supreme authority. But what think you? What do you think of Jesus Christ? And as we read our scripture, we want you to be thinking about that. Beginning in verse 28. But what think you? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Whither of them twain did the will of his father? They say unto him, The first. Jesus saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. But the publicans and the harlots believed him, and ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterward, that ye might believe him. Father, thank you for this scripture that you've given to us. We pray that you'd use it because it's yours, to touch people's hearts and help us to realize that we are to be about our Father's business, working in his vineyard for his glory. Now, if anyone is listening who is lost, we pray that you would touch their hearts and help them to realize that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Now, may your will be done. Forgive us our sins and help us, Lord, to honor and do your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. What do you think of Jesus Christ? Someone wants to ask you that question. What would you say? As Jesus was standing before Pilate in the judgment hall, Pilate asked Jesus the question, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered and said, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee? Of me. 
See, that's a question we're going to have to answer in our own heart, in our own life. We must not let other people answer that question for us, or we may be led astray. But as we answer that question for ourselves, then we know who Jesus is and what he can do in our lives. Just as Jesus wanted Pilate to do some thinking, in the scripture, Jesus wanted the chief priests and elders to do some thinking also. But as we look at our uh, message this morning, who will go and work for me today? This parable begins with Christ. What think ye? And he was speaking to the chief priests and the elders. There was work to be done. There is work to be done today in this world that we're living in. And there's work to be done in this community here in which we are living in. And so, what think you about Christ and the message that he brought to a world? Many perish for want of thought, others for wrong thinking. Many people just don't think. I'm all right. What I'm doing is okay. But many people also at the same time, they perish because of wrong thinking. I'm often reminded of Oprah Winfrey who says there's many ways to come to Christ, but Bible says, Jesus says, there's only one. And if you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you must come by the Lord Jesus Christ or you will spend eternity in a devil's hell with him and with a lot of people who reject the Lord Jesus Christ. The scribes and the Pharisees or the chief priests, they ask, well, who gave you this authority? See, they were the authority in that day and time in the temple. What they said was it. But Jesus came along and he began to upset the apple cart in such a way that they began to ask the question, well, who gave you this authority? You didn't come through us. Jesus didn't have to. Jesus was the son of God. He had the answer. He is the word. He will always be the word. And his authority is supreme over everybody else's. He is supreme. And he gave this or asked this question as a mirror so they could see themselves. When we go up to the mirror and we look in that mirror, what do we see? We see ourselves from the outside. But what about the inside? How did God allow us or what way did God uh, put before us that we could see our insides? The very person that who we are. Well, right here, the scripture. That's what he gave for us to see ourselves. The way to understand the authority of Christ is to discover our real state before him. What is your relationship to Jesus Christ? Do you know him as your personal savior? Can you go back to that day and time, that moment when you surrendered everything that you had to the Lord Jesus Christ and you became one of his children? Or are you still walking as the scribes and the Pharisees did in their own religious walking and teachings? If you are, the Bible says you're lost. Now, I didn't say that. Jesus did. The Bible said. But 
The way to understand the authority of Christ is to discover our real state before him. Our own supposed goodness will not carry us through. First thing we see in this scripture is what the Father commanded. Look at verse 28. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. The father's vineyard needs workers. And he asked the son, the first son, to go work in the vineyard. Souls need to be encouraged. We're living in hard times, especially during this pandemic. Souls, people need to be encouraged. And there's none other than those that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ can really give encouragement, the spiritual encouragement that they need to face what's going on in this world today. Yes, souls need to be encouraged. They need to be lifted up. A lot of people are put down sometimes. But instead of putting people down, we need to lift them up in the encouragement of the Lord Jesus Christ. He knows everything. He can help each and every one, no matter where you are. If you're down, if you're up, God can still help each and every one of us do whatever he wants us to do. Folks, we need to be committed to the work of the Lord, committed to doing what the Father asks us to do. But who should be more interested than the sons and daughters of the Lord Jesus Christ to go work in the vineyard? We see the grounds of the Father's claim, son. Now notice, he didn't ask a stranger to go work. He didn't ask the unsaved, anybody outside his spiritual family to go work. He asked the son to go work. And aren't you glad that you are a son or daughter of the Lord Jesus Christ? And whenever it was that you got saved, he came to you and he spoke to your inner heart, your inner being, now I want you to go work for me. There's plenty of hirelings out there that may be gotten for wages. And if you'll look in the chapter before, you'll see that. Jesus had to set some people straight there. But there's plenty of hirelings out there that may be gotten for wages. But what about if we don't get the dimes and the nickels and the dollars and the thousands of dollars? What about if we just are able to win one soul to the Lord? You're talking about wages. You're talking about happiness when you get over on the other side into heaven and you're standing there before the judgment of God and you turn around and you see all of these people that you've helped win to the Lord. Now that's wages in the eyes of God. Go, son, because I want you to go, because I will be with you when you go, I will give you everything that you need when you go. But the one thing that we really need 
Love ought to constrain a son or a daughter to go. Think of the love that Jesus shown, has shown to the world hanging on that cross. He came all the way from heaven's glory down here to go to the cross. Now that's love. That is real love. If we are the sons of God, surely our Father has first claims upon our lives. I want you to think about that. Does he have first claim upon your life? Those that's here in the auditorium, those out there on Facebook, wherever you may be listening, does the Lord Jesus Christ have first claims on your life? When he says go, do you get up and go? When he says sit down, do you sit down? When he says speak, do you speak? Does he have first claims upon your life? Does he have first claim upon your time? We all have 24 hours a day. But does the Lord Jesus Christ have first claim or first time on your time? What about your strength? I'm not talking about he-man style. I'm talking about the strength you have in the Lord that the Lord gives you and helps you with when you read this scripture and you realize that Jesus has saved your soul. He has given you a strength somewhere to use for him. Are you giving that strength back to him? But what about your substance? All that he's given you. Some people want to hang on to it like they're going to take it to wherever they're going, to heaven or hell. I read in the book this week, about this lady who was rich beyond measure. And she gave instruction in her will, I want you to put all my riches in that casket because I'm going to use it on the other side. And the man that was in charge, he said, why would I want to do that? So he got the checkbook, wrote that check out, put it in the casket, filled it up, knowing that that check would never be cashed. Folks, some people just want to take it all with them. But man, it's going to stay here. What I want to get up there is what I've already sent. That's going to be the best. We can't beat that. But yes, we see the grounds of the Father's claim Son. Now look at the next word. The desire of the Father's heart. Son, go work. Go work. It grieves the Father's heart to see so many, so much work to be done and so many of his sons idle. Isn't that what he said in the previous chapter? The landowner went out at six o'clock there in the uh, city or town, wherever they were, he was hunting for workers. And so he found some, and he sent them off into the vineyard. At 9 o'clock, he came out again and saw people idled by, and he asked the question, well, why do you sit here idle? Well, no man has hired us. So he hired them and sent them into the vineyard. 
At 12 o'clock, he did the same thing. Went to the town and hired workers. And at that last hour, he went out again. And he hired workers to go into the vineyard. And the Bible says he hired them all for a penny a day. That's cheap, wasn't it? But I guess it was pretty uh, expensive then. But payday came. At the end of the day, they always paid at the end of the day. The last ones that came in, they got a penny. The ones in between got their penny. And the ones that were hired first said, well, we're going to get a whole lot more. We've been here and we have borne the heat of the day all day long. We're going to get more. But when uh, the landowner came, they received the penny. And they began to fuss. Well, we have borne the heat of the day. Shouldn't we get more? The master said, why do you fuss? What did you agree for? And they said, a penny. Take what is yours. Because that's what you wanted. You see how fair Jesus is, no matter if you serve the Lord for 50 years or this fellow that's on his hospital bed and he's dying and he just gets in at the last moment. He's just as important as the man who worked for 50 years. That's the love of God. Go work in the Father's vineyard. Work is pleasing to the Father. You remember in the garden when God created all everything and he finally created man and he sent man into the garden to till it? That was his work. That was pleasing to God. But also here in this story, in the vineyard, we see that in the vineyard, the undesirables have to be taken away. All of those water shoots that come out on those vines must be cut off, taken away, in order for the grapes to be as uh, plump and juicy as you expect them to be. And so that has to be done. But also we see that you enjoy the fruits thereafter. After all the work that you've done for the Lord Jesus Christ, go work today in my vineyard is the call of the Lord. But we also see the urgency of the Father's request. Look back at 28 again. But what think ye? A certain man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today. When is our opportunity to work for the Lord? Today. What can you do about yesterday? Nothing. What can we do about tomorrow? Nothing. And so the opportunity to work for the Lord Jesus Christ is today. It'll always be today. Never yesterday, never tomorrow. Nothing wrong with planning for tomorrow. But what we're going to do for the Lord, we must do it today. It's always today. Tomorrow may be too late. As you see in this 
story, there may be some excuses, even in today's society. Well, the younger might say, I, I need more experience. All of you folks that's been on uh, the committee to get workers, man, I've never done that before. I just don't know whether I can do it or not. I need more experience. But then there's the older. Well, it's not really worth my while. Or they are thinking about retiring from the vineyard. But you know, I don't read in God's word anywhere where they're allowed to retire. From God's work. Now we retire from the furniture factories or the offices where we might work. Uh, on the farms we may slow down a little bit, but in God's work we never retire. We go from the moment we're saved until the moment that we pass on from this life. Tomorrow may be too late. But the second thing that we see, what the son said, verses 29 and 30, he answered and said, I will not, but afterward he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. The first thing we see is a decided refusal. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and he went not. He just simply refused to go work in the Father's vineyard. What does that tell us? Well, it reveals a spirit of selfishness. Well, if I don't get to do this, I'm not going to do anything. You ever heard that? Uh, that happens. There's a lot of indifference about the Father's desire. Are we guilty of saying stuff that we shouldn't? Maybe we just don't think long enough. Maybe we're having problems. But it reveals a spirit of selfish indifference to the Father's desire. Selfish concerns take first place over perishing millions a lot of times. Open rebellion against the Father's purpose. That's what one said. But what did the other say? A ready consent. I go. He went out of respect for the Father. Folks, let me encourage you. Respect the Father's will. Whatever he asks you to do, he's going to give you the strength to do it. I was listening to Charles Stanley this morning, and he spoke something on that same thing. Whatever God asks you to do, he's not going to leave you by the wayside and tell you to go do it yourself. That's why he sent the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to live in our heart and lives, that whatever the Father's will for our lives to do, the Spirit, because he is under the direction of the Father is going to help us to complete and do whatever God has called us to do. 
And he will help us to do it right. He will help us in every moment. But we see a ready consent. I go. It's out of respect for the Father, and it's also out of reverence for the Father. I had respect and had reverence both for my earthly father because I knew what would happen if I didn't. And I said that a week or so ago. But what about the Holy Father? Do we have a reverence and a respect for him? He knows everything. He knows what we need to be doing, when we need to be doing it, and how to be doing it. But as we go, do we have a zeal for his work? I mean, do we go happy? I guess she left, but man, I like that piano player. I mean, she's sitting there tearing those keys up. She has a zeal because that's a gift that God has given to her. And all of the singers and the organ playing over here. Man, it's just like both of you are just twins sitting at those instruments. You have a zeal because you love, I started to say religious, but good gospel music. And I guess you could call it religious. But you have a zeal to work because the Father has done something for you. He has changed your heart and your life. And the singers, didn't they blend good together? I tell you, I tell you. I like good singing. One of these days, I'm going to try to join them. But uh, out of respect, out of reverence, and having a zeal for his work, oh, I go. This ought to be the reply that each and every one of us has today for the Father's work. But we also see the third thing, what the sons did. Of course, in that same verse, 29 and 30, son, go work today in my vineyard. And he answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. There is often a vast difference between what a man says and what he does. Man, I don't need to go work in that old vineyard. I, I, I mean, I, man, I've been there day after day after day. Those vines will take care of themselves. Those people out there that's lost, somebody will go talk to them. Isn't that sort of the same attitude of that one son? That first one or the second one? And he answered and said, I go, sir, and went not. Somebody will go talk to them. I don't need to be doing that. But I hope we never have that attitude. I hope we're like that first son. Yes, he first said, I don't need to go. But there's a word in there that you see that's not on that second son. He repented 
Yes, he told the father that he was not going to go. Now, what changed his mind? The Bible doesn't tell us. Maybe it was out of respect for the father. Maybe it's because of what the father had done for the son over the years. Maybe the son had something against the father for a little bit, and he got to thinking, I'm not going to go. But after he got to thinking, well, man, I got it made here in the father's house. So he went to the vineyard and went to work. Sometimes we might feel like that. When we get to thinking about how good the Lord has been to us, I I mean, he has brought us through a lot of things. We've had loved ones to die, and it broke our hearts. We've had sickness in our own family. Will I ever get over this? We're experiencing a little bit of that now, but yes, we will get over it because the Father loves us. And out of respect, that son said, no, I'm not going to go. But out of that respect, changed his mind and said, yes. After he got to thinking about how good the Father was to him, he went. But the second, oh, he had all kinds of Uh, good answers yes father I'll go and man I'll go and do whatever but the Bible says he didn't I wonder why was it selfishness on his own part or was it he just didn't want to go I wonder if that doesn't happen sometimes in our churches today yes I'll go but man I've been a hundred times. I'm not going anymore. I've served several times. I'm just not going to serve anymore. What if that happens in our churches today with people who are in the Father's house? Did you notice the scripture? He called them sons. They're not strangers out here in the wayside but they're in the father's house and I wonder how many times we have people like these two sons I'm not going but out of respect for the father forgive me father I'll go and then there's that second son for whatever reason he doesn't go Oh, yes, the one repented and obeyed. Repentance always precedes the doing of the will of God. Think about that. Those who go and willingly into the vineyard of God's service will find grace sufficient to finish the job. How long is the Lord going to leave us here? I have no idea. How long does the Father want us to work in his vineyard? Until we draw that last breath. And then just imagine what's going to be waiting on the other side. 
I want you to think about those folks you've led to the Lord or you've helped lead to the Lord, either through the church, Sunday school class, or either through direct witnessing to them. We're standing there before the Father, giving account of everything that we've done, and the Father said, just turn around. And you see all those folks you've helped. And they're there with you. They're going to enjoy eternity forever and forever and all the blessings that the Lord wants you to have and wants me to have and all the Christians of the world. They're going to be blessed. And the Father's just going to say, look what you have because you chose to follow me. Oh, yes, he's going to give us grace sufficient enough to finish the job. Oh, we can talk about ministry all we want to. But religion is just not going to cut it. But a relationship will. Oh, what a relationship we have with the Father. Going into the Lord's vineyard and being obedient is the most important thing that we have to do here on this side of glory. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you have. But it does matter in your relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessings come to those who are a willing and faithful servant. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us what each one received or didn't receive. But he gave this as a lesson to the chief priests, the Pharisees, and the scribes sitting out there. Now, they thought they were it. But Jesus said, if you were one of my children, you are the blessed ones and will be blessed in my kingdom, which is to come. Maybe you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe you've never humbled yourself to that point. Well, let me invite you to come to Jesus. He has the answers, and it'll always be the correct one. And I'm so thankful that the Bible tells us that God so loves the world. And that includes you and me. And everyone out there listening on Facebook, YouTube, wherever it may be, God loves you. And you can be saved right there where you're sitting just simply by addressing your sin, admitting your sin, confessing that sin before the Lord Jesus Christ, and asking him for forgiveness. And the Bible says he will come in and sup with you. Can't get any better than that. The world doesn't hold a candle to what the Lord Jesus Christ has for each of us. May the Lord bless you as you go from day to day. Father, we're so grateful for your love and mercy. So thankful for your blessings. And Father, if there is one there that needs to be saved, that you would touch their hearts this morning. 
and touch them in such a way that they would realize that and call out to you before it's too late. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for the rain that you've sent, the beauty of nature at this time of year. Lord, it's all because of your plan. But we can only imagine what we're going to see in heaven. Father, may your will be done, for we ask it in the name of your precious Son, Jesus Christ, the Holy One. In his name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.